Robin Blunt, Chief Medical Officer of Boone Hospital. Thank you for joining us on Community Pulse this morning. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Tell me what's on your mind these days, Robin. Uh, there is uh, too much COVID out there. Um, we certainly are seeing a huge surge here in mid-Missouri and all through Missouri, all through the United States. Um, I think that uh, there are very few places that can say they're heading the right direction right now when it comes to uh, uh, positivity rates and hospitalizations. So what is it like there in the hospital? Can you give us a little bit of an insider's view? Sure. We've you know, we've really been starting to feel the effects of this surge, I would say at least three to four weeks now. Um, we started noticing that um, there were many times when we had reached certain capacities um, and would be looking for other places to send patients if we were temporarily uh, without an ICU bed, et cetera. And, We've done this for years. Uh, it's happened off and on uh, all the time. University may be full and they send their patients here. We may be uh, full and we send a patient there. And we started noticing that we couldn't find uh, spots for some of these patients here in mid-Missouri and we had to look further. We had to go to St. Louis or Kansas City. And that was again just a, a okay, if, well, that must just be a busy day. But as time has gone on, uh, this is really the norm now, um, and a lot of it has to do with staffing. There's a universal nursing shortage, as it is, and uh, now, uh, and that so that's affecting everyone. And now we have staff off with COVID or in quarantine or awaiting tests. That number several months ago was maybe 15, 20 a day at the most. We're now easily running more than 50 staff a day that are out for those purposes. And it's not just Boone, it's every hospital in Missouri. Um, we have regular conversations with uh, our colleagues here in Boone County, VA and the university and here, and uh, we're all in the same boat. And then I've been in meetings with CMOs from not just the middle, from the middle part of the state, I've also been in conversations with CMOs from all over the state, and everyone says the same thing's happening. It's, it's really, um, it's very tight, uh, and staffing is often our rate-limiting step. Um, in addition, we just are seeing more and more percentage of our admissions being COVID patients. Uh, I could say that back in the summer, less than 10% of our patients were COVID patients. Now, uh, about a third of them are. And for a long time, we had one or two patients in the ICU. Uh, today, we had 18. Um, 18 COVID patients in the ICU. In the ICU, half of them on ventilators. Yeah. Talk about why that matters, that it's more of them being COVID patients. Well, for one thing, they are, uh, they are occupying ICU beds. And those ICU beds... Um, Previously, we were used for a lot of purposes, medicine patients, patients with stroke, heart attack, um, pneumonia, all of the things we see and take care of and have for years. And then also uh, surgical patients. Uh, our, we're, we're a big heart hospital and 
Uh, every day we have two or three open heart patients in our ICU. Uh, we have uh, uh, neurosurgery and we're a stroke center and we'd have a couple of uh, neurosurgery patients in our ICU. The, uh, the room is shrinking uh, when we have 18 COVID patients and those patients stay in the ICU longer than uh, your average ICU patient. Uh, so it does, we don't get the turnover like we previously had. So the, those ICU resources are shrinking. Um, we have surge plans to expand our ICU. We need to have staff for that. And, you ha and we have to continually rearrange and um, you know, provide to continue providing the care that we are committed to giving to uh, our uh, community. So do you have a message for the community? Like how can, what, what do the rest of us need to be doing? <laughs> okay. Well, um, let me give you a few examples. Um, you know, uh, the hospitals here in mid-Missouri, uh, Columbia especially, you know, the university and the VA and, we, and Boone are, are tertiary care referral centers. We take care our standard uh, area that we take care of is 26 counties surrounding us, all the way to Iowa, down to the lake, halfway to St. Louis and Kansas City. And those counties have, um, you know, other than uh, Cole County with uh, St. Mary's and, and um, uh, Cap Region, uh, most of those counties are, are uh, if they do have a hospital, it's a, it's a, um, a uh, critical access hospital with only a few beds and only the capability of taking care of uh, uh, less complicated patients. We are their um, uh, referral base. And when I was looking just today at the statistics for our surrounding counties, positivity rates, um, Boone County's positivity rate is very, you know, is high at 20. Uh, that's been going up. Yes. But our neighbors, Randolph County is 36%, uh, Cooper County 33%, um, Monroe County 34%, um, uh, Cole County 30%, and uh, Howard County 29%. Uh, these, these people, uh, when they need specialty care or hospitalization, um, they're coming to Columbia. Uh, in fact, of the 153 patients that were hospitalized in Boone County, on Friday, um, only um, 20, I think just 27 of those were residents of Boone County. So, you know, three quarters of the patients in our hospital, actually more than three quarters, are from the surrounding counties. So what can we do? We need to take care of ourselves. We need to pay attention to public health uh, just basic standards, and that is wearing a mask. It's become very clear that it, a mask not only uh, protects the person wearing it, well, it protects people around you, but it protects the person wearing it. And the more people uh, that have COVID that are not um, following these general regulations of social distancing, avoiding large crowds, staying home, quarantining appropriately if you have it or if you've been exposed to it, uh, it, it, it becomes such a huge burden in the community that, that, that a large percentage, or I'm sorry, that the percentage of people that will be hospitalized goes up and up and up. So 
when you have um, uh, you know 30 percent of, of your county positive well we can assume that a certain percentage of those people will end up needing hospitalization and we have to be able to provide that care um, yet our staff are getting sick not because they work here but because of being out in the community because they live and, here yeah because they live here and many of them don't live in boone county where right. you know and even though boone county doesn't have a mask mandate columbia has been very careful from the very beginning and frankly columbia i think has done extremely well uh, compared to our surrounding areas yes so if we could get all of these other communities and counties to cooperate and do the right thing uh, we're going to preserve the ability to take care of people when they get sick. Um, I saw a really telling, uh, I thought it was a, it was a really good, um, concise statement that said, uh, hospitals and, and hospital workers are not your, fir your first line workers or frontline workers. They're your last resort workers. Yes our first line of defense is everyone in the community. Absolutely. So I think we need to start rethinking who are the front line and look at us as the, as the, the last line of defense. And we are here to do that and we are here to provide excellent care. We really, we really want people to stay healthy. Um, are you seeing influenza yet? We're seeing some, it's not uh, really ramped up yet. I, my hope is that masking and, uh, and good you know, vaccination numbers uh, will keep that influenza season under as good a control as possible. We've certainly seen that in some of the Southern hemispheres you know, this summer, because they were in their flu season and had much lighter flu seasons than expected. Do you know what our influenza vaccination numbers are like in the state? Um, I really can't tell you. I mean, okay. I, I, we, we require influenza vaccination uh, unless there is a medical reason for you not to get it here at Boone Hospital. And we have 100% compliance every year uh, for that reason. So um, what do you see coming over the hill? What's concerning you next? Um, a lot of holidays. Yeah. <laughs> um, generally. Uh, when you get large events, when people are around each other, uh, traveling, et cetera, uh, the lag for hospitalizations is about two weeks after that event. Uh, we, you know, what we're seeing now may be related to some Halloween type activities. Right. Um, certainly uh, political gatherings, things of that nature, large gatherings uh, uh, in, with groups of people that aren't socially distancing or perhaps not masking. We're also seeing, uh, you know, in next week we'll have Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, there, I would really urge people not to uh, uh, partake in traditional large family gatherings with people coming in from all over the country. Um, we, it, it really puts a lot of people at risk. And then people go home and spread it about where they are. And two weeks later, our hospitals are feeling another surge. Same with Christmas. Um, you know, uh, large gatherings are, are a very significant issue. 
I, the last time we talked, I asked you what was keeping you up at night, and you said August, and you were um, absolutely accurate as a prophet. Um, so I'm taking you very seriously about what you're saying now, that um, Thanksgiving and Christmas really need to be rethought, that we need to be doing those virtually the way we're doing all the things we can virtually. Well, and I think a lot of people have found kind of their safe pod of people that they do um, – uh, that they do hang out with. Um, and I, I would keep those gatherings no more than that. You know, it's, it, it would be lovely to have, you know, every, every relative in for Thanksgiving, but each person has been doing their own thing. And, you know, we still have to stick with uh, uh, smaller groups of who we know, uh, how they conduct themselves day in and day out. Yes, we can do things virtually, uh, we can see each other with, you know, Zoom calls and FaceTime. Uh, we're having to make a lot of changes here at the hospital because this is, this is truly affecting mid-Missouri, all of Missouri. Uh, the statistics are really very frightening how rapidly we're seeing doubling of hospitalizations and things of that nature. So cases are continuing to increase across Missouri and across the catchment area for Boone Hospital and the other tertiary care centers we have in Columbia. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen next, Robin, if things, if the numbers keep going up? Well, we're going to have to make some very hard decisions on um, um, what care we can provide. Uh, you know, in March, uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how rapidly this was going to spread. I do think that, uh, and, and throughout the country, there were, what, for lack of a better word, shutdowns, uh, elective surgeries, things of that nature, uh, closing of businesses, et cetera. But, um, you know, we, here in mid-Missouri, we didn't get that surge. But I think also here in Columbia, we did a lot of things that... Uh, you know, were really recommended. Um, but we're seeing that now. And people need to be reminded that this is, this is serious. It's important. People are dying. If, you know, death would be considered the worst case scenario, obviously. But people that are hospitalized spend weeks and months recovering from this and, and sometimes not really getting back to what they consider themselves normal. It is not a minor illness. It is not just the flu. It is something that really makes people sick. And, uh, you know, it can be spread with people that have no idea they have it. So we are making a lot of changes here at the hospital. As of today, we've gone back to a no visitor policy. Last week, we, uh, which is one of the things that we just hate to do because we understand how important visitors are. But when you have a positivity rate in all of our surrounding counties, and in, even in Boone County of well over 20%, the state rate of 24% or more, uh, it seems to go up every day, we have to protect the people that are here at Boone. And we do that by masking and wearing the proper uh, PPE. And now we've had to limit our go back to no visitors except for certain exceptions. We've, uh, we've increased our COVID unit. We added 12 COVID beds last week. They're already full. Uh, you know, again, the ICU uh, cases are going up. Um, so we're, we are looking every single day at our surgical offerings. What's, what are we going to 
what is on our surgical schedule the next day. Can we accommodate uh, elective surgeries? And we're making a day-by-day -day decision on that. And I know that that's the same process that several other hospitals in Mid-Missouri are using. Uh, BJC in St. Louis announced today, or I think starting today, that they are not uh, allowing any elective surgeries in their facilities, but Boone County, uh, Boone Hospital is allowed um, to be more regional with that because we are a little different situation in St. Louis. But that's a big step on their part. And again, we are looking at our surgeries every day. Elective surgeries are still necessary surgeries. The difference yeah, is- an idea about some of the things that, that yeah. fall in the category of elective surgeries. Yeah. Well, again, they're necessary surgeries for uh, pain or other, uh, uh, you know, being able to uh, uh, do activities of daily living, et cetera. So a lot of like total joint replacements, some spine surgeries, et cetera. But, you know, they're still very necessary, uh, but they're things that could perhaps be put off for six to eight weeks um, safely. Uh, urgent and emergent, we will always do always do that. We don't put off cancer surgeries. We don't put off uh, open heart surgeries, you know, uh, brain tumors, etc. things like that. So, um, but it's very, very hard choices, very hard. Um, outpatient electives such as uh, same-day surgeries, um, you know, if they aren't requiring a hospital bed right now, we feel we can continue to do that. But at some point, um, we're using staff Right. Always using staff to provide these services. And if it gets to where we need those staff to take care of acutely ill patients in the hospital, that's when we have to back off on some of those things as well. Yeah. And talk a little bit about uh, the nursing shortage. Is that is that a nationwide nursing shortage? Oh, yes. Uh, now, we've had a nursing shortage for years and it's become more prominent. Um, Early on in COVID, uh, and when it hit the east, the, you know the the coast so heavily, uh, a lot of nurses found that they could go work in in as traveling nurses and get paid, quite frankly, dramatically more than they they get at their everyday job. Right. And those, a lot of those nurses that were that mobile, have continued to move from place to place where there's hotbeds of COVID activity. Um, so, you know, we lost some of those folks that uh, chose to be travel nurses. They, we also have a hard time finding um, temporary nurses, travel nurses. The premium is much higher, but there are just not as many around. And then when you get to your own core group of nurses uh, and other staff that make the hospital run, you know, it isn't just nurses, it's physical therapists, pharmacists, et cetera and 50 a day are out because of COVID for whatever reason, it really strains it. And again, this is not just, you know, Boone Hospital, it's every hospital in the state and, and really nearly the country uh, because it's the common theme that we're hearing from everyone. So are your staff still being encouraged and allowed to quarantine if they have a, say, a household exposure, or are you to the point of needing people to come in anyway? We, uh, it, it, well, I would say yes to both. Okay. Got <laughs> if, it. If we can uh, allow them to quarantine at home, uh, 
we certainly encourage that, but if in their particular area where they're working and would be deemed essential, I mean, they, all of our folks are essential, but, but, you know, a particular area that is short-staffed enough uh, and may have a couple of people out on quarantine, we are doing a case-by-case -case exception and asking people to work. Um, but uh, it is, um, uh, you know, we, our preference is to allow people to quarantine at home. And what are, what does that do, how does that impact your staff to staff and staff to patient infection control policies if you have people who, for understandable reasons, need to come to work even though they would otherwise be quarantining at home? Yeah, well, again, uh, we're not taking them out of quarantine. They remain in quarantine. They're not expected to, just because they can go to work, that they can now go to the grocery store and run around and do errands. You know, they are in quarantine. Uh, but here at the hospital, um, you know, we, we use measures that are universal. And frankly, we would not put our patients at risk with somebody on quarantine. They're going to have on the right mask, the right eye protection, the right gowns, gloves. Um, they, you know, uh, they are asymptomatic. We are not allowing anyone with symptoms to work or anyone that's waiting for a test result to come back because they develop symptoms. Right. But as long as they're without symptoms, we aren't allowing uh, those people to... Um, uh, you know, eat in any uh, public areas and that type of thing. So, again, uh, episodes where they might uh, have to remove their mask to eat or drink. So we're doing everything we can to keep everyone safe. These are just difficult decisions that need to be made about how do you keep a hospital staffed when a pandemic is moving through your community? Yeah, we're, we're learning. <laughs> I'm so grateful that, that it's not me that had to do that. Um, so, and what about, so here's a question I have for you is that I'm hearing that CARES money runs out December 31st. Mm -hmm. And CARES money is funding a lot of the free community testing we're doing. Yeah. What, what happens to the testing facilities when the CARES money runs out? Yeah. We're very concerned about that. There's no doubt about it. Um, probably one of the things that worries me the most is that our own local health department has relied so heavily on the CARES money to improve our contact tracing. And uh, they were able to hire a number of people to help with contact tracing. Um, Stephanie Browning just last week reminded me that uh, she's not sure she'll be able to keep you know, keep all of the contact tracing going if we don't get a continued infusion of support um, for that. Uh, so it goes beyond just the testing. It, it's also the, the contact tracing and Absolutely. just in general, how our public health departments can uh, respond to this emergency. And the health department, at least on their dashboard, is saying that they're now doing contact tracing. They're contacting people who tested positive on the 3rd of November. Yeah. yeah. So they we're, had caught we're, up. Yeah, they had caught up very nicely with the extra folks. Right. Uh, and then, as I said, the last three to four weeks, things really started ramping up. And uh, now they're almost, two, you know, 10 days, two weeks behind. Which starts to begin to ask, like, it starts... <laughs> 
it, yeah. it, I am not questioning what people are doing, but it starts to feel futile. And I just really want to send a, a lot of positive energy out to uh, Ms. Browning and all the people at the health department who are doing that work. Um, but if we can't do free testing, boy, their, their contact yeah. tracing work is going to slow down, but not for any good reason. No, no, it just, you know, basically it just runs rampant and we, we don't, uh, you know, we find out when somebody's sick enough to be in the hospital that they have it, you know, I mean, it really is becoming, it's, it's, it's very concerning, very concerning. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> but we're both, we're both just very concerned. <laughs> and it's my understanding that Boone Hospital's um, uh, country contribution to the community testing is significantly funded by the CARES Act money, that that will be difficult for y'all to continue if um, there isn't CARES Act money. Well, we, we did receive CARES Act money and probably a lot of that went to standing up our drive-through testing site. And um, we're, uh, we're now expanding, we will do COVID testing at all of our outpatient test sites, but we're really encouraging anyone with symptoms to use our drive-through. Just, I right. think it's safer for staff and everyone else. Um, but uh, we are, you know, we're starting to run more respiratory panels, rather not just COVID testing there. Um, you know, but that is all about you register, you bill insurance, you do those things. And, you know, it's, um, uh, the free testing, you know, is something that I hope can be continued. Um, kind of early on, though, that free testing, for instance, you know, the National Guard going and doing a thousand tests at, in the Hickman High School parking lot, you know, months ago, we didn't have hardly any COVID at the time. Right. Uh, but, you know, now is when we really need uh, right. that testing, you know, all through the state. Robin, do you have any parting words for us? You know, I feel I'm starting to feel like a broken record. <laughs> and that, you know, again, we, this is real. This is very real. 250,000 Americans have died from this. We're only, that's only the deaths. Think of all the debility of the millions and millions of people that have also been hospitalized. If you figure, you're really looking at millions of people have been in the hospital and those people are recovering and taking a long time to get over this, if they're getting over it. Um, we have to protect each other. It is, it, it, it has nothing to do with personal freedom. It has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with being a good citizen and a caring citizen and somebody that understands that what we do affects others and what others do affect us. And I just really am encouraging people to be the front line. Consider everyone, consider themselves a frontline worker and protect yourself and protect others by doing the right thing. Thank you so much, Robin Blunt, Chief right. Medical Officer for Boone Hospital. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I appreciate it. Happy to do it. Thanks. And you were just listening to Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, family physician, local family physician and host of Your Health Matters, interviewing Robin Blunt. She is the chief medical officer at Boone County Hospital Center. And you have been listening to Community Pulse. Community Pulse is your locally produced 
report here on your community radio station 89.5 fm kopn columbia and we do live reporting uh, ordinarily on the coronavirus pandemic here in mid-missouri mondays and wednesdays from 9 a.m to 9 30 p.m with your hosts dr elizabeth alleman and also public health advocate Ginny chadwick We'd like to remind our listeners, if you happen to miss out uh, on any portion of that very informative discussion, you can find this episode later today on our website, kopn.org, also on our Facebook feed, and we make them available on Apple and Spotify podcasts. So, many thanks to Dr. Alleman, many thanks to Dr. Blount, and many thanks to you, dear listener, for tuning in to your locally produced report on the coronavirus pandemic here in mid-Missouri. We thank you so very kindly. We wish you a pleasant weekend, as the next time we'll be speaking with you live will be Monday at 9 a.m. This has been Community Polls for Wednesday, the 18th of November. Thank you so much for joining us. Please stay safe and stay formed, Columbia. After some brief words from our underwriters, we'll go ahead and have 51% ready for you. Pleasant weekend.